0: it's crossover thursday here on the locked on podcast network and thursday night football is steelers versus titans that means locked on steelers meets locked on titans gonna be a fun episode lots to break down here let's get into it
1: you are locked
0: on steelers your daily pittsburgh steelers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome to Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. He's Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. And we're here bringing you a preview from the Locked On Podcast Network on Thursday night. Football Steelers-Titans. Big matchup in the AFC coming on tonight. As always, Crossover Thursday is sponsored by Prize Picks, The easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash NFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Tyler, it's been a minute, man. We didn't get to talk all last season. You and I always have such good talks when we talk football here, but I got to ask you about Will Levis because I got to admit, in the draft, like I was doing a show with with, with mm-hmm. my man Q from the Raiders and I kept like messing with him like, oh, y'all going to take Levis? And he's like, no, 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 no. There's no way the Raiders are taking Levis. We can't do that. We can't do that. Right, so right. it, it was kind of like the joke of who's going to get Will Levis, but who's laughing now because in his first start, he comes out with four tutties through the air. What what was so special that let him have that kind of success in his first start?
1: Well, number one, more than anything, his energy, his passion. It's just noticeable. Um, I tweeted out at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter when he did an interview. Basically, once it was pretty much announced that he was going to start the game and Tannehill was going to be out last week before the Falcons game. He did an interview, and man, you could just feel his energy on the screen as he talked about his opportunity, as he talked about how he got 23 ticket requests for the game because he's starting with family and friends. And his, his energy is contagious. There was a video the NFL Films put out of Jeffrey Simmons, who I'm sure we'll talk about later in the episode. I'm sure Steelers fans have heard of Jeffrey Simmons, just um, but just a little. But Jeffrey Simmons is on the sideline after that Levis first touchdown going, That Will Levis, man, that Will Levis, that's a quarterback. I told y'all, I told you so. Like, There's just something about his energy and his uh, feistiness that gets his teammates going. It's something that really resonates, I think, in a physical sport like football. Outside of that is his intelligence. He was praised by the offensive coordinator on Tuesday for having a full command of the offense. They didn't limit the playbook at all for a rookie who had never started a game before and wasn't even active. The first six weeks of the season, as he was the third emergency quarterback. Which what are you doing, Mike Frable? You got this guy on the bench and completely inactive. But, anyways, we'll move along from that. So, his intelligence and his ability to grasp a playbook, he was one of the smartest athletes in the entire country when he's in Kentucky, an all-American scholarship athlete, whatever they want to call it, academic, all-American. He was brilliant uh through his academics. So he has that, he has the fiery personality to inspire his teammates. And then, of course. The cannon arm, which I think mm-hmm. anybody who saw the highlights he
0: does have a cannon.
1: It's elite. It's elite. His release is quick. It it looks like Aaron Rodgers almost. It's a quick, lightning fast release. He's got absolute velocity, absolute speed. Um, he's a good athlete too for a guy. He's six foot four. You know, two hundred and thirty pounds. He can run a little bit too. I mean, he's not Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But so he's got physical tools. When all that goes well, that's great. But, Chris, I did a film breakdown on Will Levis for Sports Illustrated at AllTitans.com, and while everybody was, you know, understandably throwing praise at Will Levis, there were some inaccurate passes that he got lucky on. The second touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins was a pass behind. There were some bad decisions where he took shots downfield, and they weren't bad throws, but maybe you should dump it all short, take what the defense is giving you, live to see another day, pick up the easy one. Stuff like that. It's a rookie in his first game, but there's definitely room for improvement. So, like you said, you know, what is going to happen now is the big storyline. Is Will Levis for real? And I'll say this. The Steelers have dominated the Titans for the last 20 years. Since 2003, the Titans are 3-8 and eight against Pittsburgh, 1-5 and five in Pittsburgh. Since 2013, the Titans are 0-4 oh wow. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have dominated the Titans for the last 20 years, so is Will Levis for real? If he can go into Pittsburgh on a short week in prime time and, you know, get that monkey off the Titans back, I I think he's going to garner a lot of support uh, in Nashville and with Tennessee Titans fans, and deservedly so at that point.
0: Certainly. And when you're going up against the Steelers defense, everyone knows the biggest thing you got to be worried about is TJ Watt and that defensive yes. front. They get after it like nobody else. They uh and TJ Watt's going to go, go up against an offensive line that has, you know, some oh, yeah. new guys like Peter Skaronski on it. Um, but they have some vet veterans on it and if it's one that he's not unfamiliar with as is Alex Highsmith who's also been playing very well this season and even rookie Nick Herbig who's who's been you know contributing in the turf Herbig now. out of Wisconsin man yeah he yep. I'm telling you Tyler he looks for Are great. they letting him
1: rush the passer Are they using him in a hybrid role there was some conversation pre-draft about he, that what are they doing
0: He's he's kind of like a pass rusher right now Yeah, but like let him rush the in passer. pre in preseason they were starting to let him get a little bit more hybrid, but they want to mm-hmm. keep things simple for him now and they'll yep. expand to it later. Yep. I think their real vision is like next year once he's like a a, a, a grizzled veteran, him, mm-hmm. Highsmith, Watt, just moving all over the defense yep. and he could just yep. be uh, a serious threat there. But but let's talk about how this how this matchup with the offensive line and the defensive front could get to Will Levis. Is he mm-hmm. a guy who you've seen in just the short time that you've seen him handle – pressure and and getting the ball out quick because the main way that we've seen teams and and including a rookie quarterback cj stroud Mm -hmm. the main strategy that's seen to slow down tj watt is get the ball out fast or if you're not getting the ball out fast we're calling max protect so that him and high smith have to take go through three people each to get mm-hmm. to our quarterback and we can take our shot downfield. How does Will Levis handle those situations is he is it, or is he a guy that is more so he wants to he wants to process take his time in making those decisions.
1: Well, Chris, I'll tell you if it's fair, I don't have the answer for you. I guess it's we're totally going to see, fair. right? But I will say based on based on what I saw in the game, his biggest successes came off play action, max protect, really seeing it. Mm. Hey, I see it. I got the arm strength. I got the arm talent. I'm going to let it rip that in some of the circumstances where he needed to be quick. He needed to read the defense. He needed to find the right guy and get it out. Like I said, there were some mistakes in that department. So that if the game plan against the Steelers needs to be, hey, we're going to get the ball out quick. You need to quickly figure out who the right guy to throw the ball to is, make an accurate pass to him. But I don't know if he can execute a game plan like that, because what we've seen from him his play action, take deep shots down the field. So. It will be interesting if the Titans get in a situation where they have to just do a quick passing game out of shotgun, try to get the ball out quick because I don't know if Levis can do that. And that's part of, you know, the big storyline here is is this legit what we saw from Will Levis last week against the Falcons? I think being tested by this defense and being asked maybe to do something a little bit different will answer those questions.
0: Listen, Steelers fans this was just like a three touchdown game from Kenny Pickett, let alone a four touchdown game. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think a, a big question you know, for this rookie will be how can he handle the pressure of a defense that can bring it. Uh, and this is also a defense. It is going to be making Fitzpatrick, but it looks like yes. there's a good chance that Cam Hayward could be back. He's the captain of that defense right in the middle. He won't be 100% most likely, but his presence in the middle of the defense could change everything for the Steelers, and that could, mm-hmm. that, that could shift the line of scrimmage, and it'll be very interesting to see how Will Levis and how Mike Vrabel tries to help Will Levis manage those situations we got to flip it and we got to talk about Titans defense to Steelers offense because the Titans now have a former Steeler and gaveway who I thought was one of the better safeties in, in in the league to the Philadelphia Eagles to bring him in we'll talk about them and how they'll match up in more in just a minute here on crossover Thursday here in the locked on podcast Network But first, we want to remind you this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Ride route for your team on an empty stomach. When you order on DoorDash, you can save on football watch party favorites. Whether it's pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns, DoorDash gets it all delivered without missing the game. For me, I like to order up some Big Shot Bob's Wings delivery. And if you're in Pittsburgh, you know what I'm talking about because they got a million different flavors and I always get the Frank White flavored wings they come in they're saucy you get extra extra ranch with it and it's spectacular or if you want to go classic pittsburgh go to primani's you can order doordash from them and they'll bring your sirloin steak and cheese right to your door with them fries on the sandwich go to doordash right now and you can get 50 percent off your up up, up to ten dollars value in your next order when you spend fifteen dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code Locked 23. That's L O C K E D 23. Subject to change terms and conditions apply. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders with a dash pass membership. Get prepared before game day, stock up on your favorite appetizers or an order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. And again, Don't forget, you can get 50% off up to $10 in value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change terms and conditions apply. Back here on the on crossover Thursday, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Titans. Chris Carter, Tyler Rollins, breaking this this game down. Now, Tyler, you brought up a really good point about the history of of, of these two teams recently, yeah. and it, it's funny. As as a little kid, I remember being like the Titans and the Steelers were just back and forth. Steve McNair, mm-hmm. Eddie George, like those. It battles. was close then, yeah. And there was even that time where, you know, uh, 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 what was it, uh, CJ2K, Chris Johnson, mm-hmm. they, they beat the Steelers, there's the snot yep. out of them in the in 2008, and everyone was like, okay, they're going to go on to do it, and then they good lost times. the playoffs, and then good times. And then, the yeah, Steelers, and then bad times, shortly sure after. Times. Oh, that's right, because that was a crazy losing streak, because they, they messed with a terrible towel, you don't mess with terrible towels. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, fast forward to now, Mike Vrabel has faced Mike Tomlin twice, and Mike Tomlin's won both times first mm-hmm. 27 24 in 2020 and then 19 13 in 2021 I look at this and I say I see defenses still defining how this game is going to play out much like they did in 2021 who's going to create the more turnovers who's going to allow the the less the, the less bigger plays and I got to ask first about this Titans secondary what is the confidence in this secondary without Kevin Byard? Because to me, he was always one of the better safeties in the NFL. He was yeah. a, he was a, he was a great leader back back there in the secondary. They they went and got Terrell Edmonds, who, as Steelers fans know, not that kind of a player. More of a play him in the box, let him play a close yeah. to the line yeah. of scrimmage guy. What is the Titans' strength down secondary, or, or is this a place where there's a shaky sense of uh, liability going on right now?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'm incredibly worried about the George Pickens matchup, no matter who he's on, whether it be Sean Murphy bunting on the outside or whether it be Christian Fulton on the outside. One thing that's plagued the Titans uh, over the last few years is they can win the down schematically where they're all in the great position, but they'll just lose isolated situations one-on-one down the sideline. It happened multiple times in 2021-2022. The Titans set things up great, get pressure on the quarterback, but the quarterback just heaves one up down the sideline. And a big wide receiver like Mack Hollins, when he was with the Raiders, had a 158-yard one-touchdown game. Mac Hollins, because he was just jumping over top of the Titans' cornerbacks and getting the ball. Sean Murphy Bunting, who they brought in in free agency, is a big, physical, long corner. He can kind yeah. of help in that department. But Pickens presents a long, physical guy who also – has speed. And Murphy Bunting is much better as a zone corner coming forward, not a man corner down the sidelines. Titans are playing a lot more zone this year rather than the man that they've liked the last few years, especially cover two. So I'm a bit worried about the Titans' safeties meeting at the catch point against Pickens down the sideline. If the Titans go with man or cover three, their corners being on them, that's a place where they could definitely take advantage. I think what the Titans should do here is, is they should just blitz and try to get as much pressure on Kenny Pickett as they possibly can and hope that their cornerbacks don't have to cover for very long. Because I think, like we saw in the second half against the Falcons last week, if the Titans try to just sit back and play zone, that works against Desmond Ritter because he just can't be accurate and he's not going to be able to operate. And if you just drop seven guys and make him find holes in the zone, he's not going to be able to do it, and he couldn't do it. But a smart quarterback like Taylor Heineke or Kenny Pickett definitely could do that. So I think you blitz. And you try to get to Kenny Pickett before he can get those balls out down the field. So that that's what I think the Titans should try to do because, yes, in the secondary, there is concern. With Kevin Byard, there was concern still. Uh, Kevin Byard's a great player. He's my favorite Tennessee Titan of all time, personally, just to say. But with Kevin Byard or without the Titans secondary is still, still a concern. And when you have a guy who can win at the catch point as well as George Pickens, it presents a, a pretty concerning matchup, I guess.
0: No, I feel you on that, and, but you know it, it'd be a concerning matchup for the Steelers with Jeffrey Simmons, Arden Key, and the guys that they yes. got up front. What's the, the Steelers', Steelers often-
1: offensive line like? That's that's my big question yeah. here. I know that's been something they've been trying to improve. There were some additions. What's the status of the offensive line? Because I agree that the pass rush of the of the Titans, as you were saying. Against that offensive line, I think will be a big factor here.
0: It's really been a roller coaster ride all season, Tyler. I got, I got to admit, with the Steelers' offense in general, but especially the offensive line. Uh, you know, coming out against the Ravens, they went up against a really tough front. Broderick Jones, the rookie they traded up and got out of Georgia, had a great mm-hmm. game, shut down Jadavion Clowney, made him. You know, mm-hmm. he had one pressure all game, looked really solid, looked like the offensive line was trending forward. Then they go to the bye week, they come back. Uh, Broderick Jones, the, the guy that starts over, and Dan Moore Jr goes back in to start over Product Jones. And I was like, that don't make no sense. Product Jones just just yeah. he's your He's your future left tackle star. That's right. why you drafted him. And then yeah. Dan Moore Jr. had a really good game against the Rams. They shut down Aaron Donald. They run the ball on them. They protected Kenny Pickett. It looked great. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then they delivered their worst performance of the season against the Jaguars. And I said that in my Stars and Skulls grading segment uh, on, on our Tuesday episode this week mm-hmm. here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. But it is such a roller coaster ride. And like, uh, you know, guys that were even supposed to live. Like they went and got Isaac Samala. Isaac Salamala, who was part of the the, the Eagles that, that made it to the Super Bowl last year. He's he's you know he was getting praised yeah. from Jason Kelsey on his podcast. Like, man, I can't believe they stole him from us. And he was just as bad as anyone else last week. And so mm-hmm. my thing is this is that I can't tell you what the Steelers offensive line is gonna come out and look like on Thursday right. night because I thought that they were going to come out. I knew that the Jaguars had a tough front. Javon Walker ain't no joke. Neither is Josh Allen. They, Josh they, Allen, they, yeah. they, they, they can bring it as, a, as, as a group. But I thought that they would at least come to come together with a decent plan. But you saw Dan Moore Jr. being out of place, like, like not even executing the right blocks at different times. And I'm like, man, that's a that's alarming. If I'm the Steelers, so yeah. I'm not sure what kind of offensive line, and that could be the thing that gets Kenny Pickett in trouble. And I think it leans right into your plan. It's the Titans send the heat. Trust that, you Mm -hmm. you know, trust that your heat's going to get home or at least disrupt Kenny Pickett's rhythm and force him to get, you know, force all the Steelers. The Steelers haven't had much rhythm or success this year on offense. They're just flat out. They're one of the worst offenses in the NFL. There's Mm -hmm. times where there's glimpses where it's like when they when they hit on one thing, it starts to compound. And usually that happens in the fourth quarter. That's why Kenny Pickett has like one of the best fourth quarter passing (laughs) ratings in the NFL. It's ridiculous but he also has the worst first quarter passer rating (laughs) in the NFL. So it balances itself out nicely. Do you think that's coaching
1: that Matt Canada just doesn't have a very good plan? Like the Titans um, would Mm -hmm. do well early and then do terrible late last year, like, um, or the opposite of that. And it's like, you have a terrible plan coming into the game, but then you're, you're able to adjust. Do you think it's like that where, Canada just struggles to put together a good plan based on what he's seeing and then is able to adjust later in the game to do a little bit better, but just that that planning portion isn't there for him.
0: So it's funny you say that, Tyler, because that's all. We I know talk he gets a lot of heat, so I wanted to Pittsburgh. bring it up. You know? A lot of Tyler, they had the Pat McAfee show in Utah and they were chanting Fire Matt Canada in Utah. Like Whoa. it's become a meme at this point. They do have yeah. penguins games for the hockey team here in all Pittsburgh, Americans
1: like, hate Canada.
0: Apparently, apparently, blame Canada. It's just like it's, it's it's to that level right now. But I think more of some of that is just it became the popular fun thing to just make mm-hmm. fun of because it just gained popularity through just the right. meme of just social media. But I you know anyone that's listened to the Lockdown Steelers podcast knows what I'm about to say. I don't think that Matt Canada's biggest problem is scheming, I think his biggest problem is getting his players to grasp what they're supposed to do and getting mm, them to teaching. execute. Exactly. The teaching component of getting it, getting it to be better because there's plenty of plays like, like when when I break down the all 22 film, just like you do, I look at things and I'm like, Nope, this guy was open. That guy was open. This was here. Kenny Pickett needed to get here. Deontay Johnson needed to catch this ball when this was thrown on target, things like that. That's been the biggest problem is that the Steelers offense has not, has not come to fruition. And if there's one thing to, to, to come at Matt Canada about more than play calling, it's that. And I think it's starting to even people are coming around on. It. I've heard Kurt Warner talk about this. I heard Greg Cosell talk about this. I heard yeah. Ross Tucker talk about more and more people are starting to realize like, Hey, we've all been kind of just banging on the Matt Canada drum because it was the popular thing to do. But the more we look at this offense, it's not about play calls. The there, play are, calls are there, there are other things e- every week that you, you mm-hmm. got. Like, for example, Kenny Pickett, uh third down, in the red zone, Steelers call a really good rub, rub route for Connor Hayward to kind of screen off Deontay Johnson's man. He runs a slant. Kenny Pickett sees him late, throws it behind him. They miscommunicated on where he was supposed to sit. But it was just like if he sees him right away, he hits him while he's walking into the end zone and there's no question about it. And those are the things that Kenny Pickett hasn't done consistently. Now, there's other times where Kenny Pickett will... Decipher that the cover four is actually a cover two, and I'm going to go attack the seam right here and make the greatest throw of yeah. his life. And I'm like, "Where's this Kenny Pickett all the time?" And that's, that's where fair. I come back down to. I think that Matt Canada's biggest problem is teaching to get that consistency, and mm-hmm. might also be a Mike Tomlin thing. Uh, you know, if, if if we're being honest here, but. Bottom line, that's the biggest problem I think the Steelers have on offense. And that's also where, if I'm the Titans, I'm speeding up that process as much exactly as I can. Man. I am not letting him get settled, feel comfortable, comfortable. And, let, and, and let him see if he can process the field. Because that's when mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett might figure it out and wake up on you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That'll be interesting to see. But, I mean, this game is going to be tight. And, and we it, got some predictions to make. It's a Thursday night game, so we're going to be doing some predictions as well.
0: We got predictions coming up right here after this break here on Crossover Thursday. Chris Carter, Tyler Round, and stick with us. We got a lot more to discuss. But first, before we do that, we want to remind you this show is brought to you by Prize PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, and it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in prizes. The prize picks is the fun new daily fantasy game that lets everyone start playing right now. And with basketball season here, you can also pick combinations across sports, whether it's football or basketball from the specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three pointers made and receptions. That's the fun that you can have with prize picks. You say more or less on that and you can be winning money with prize picks. They have a reboot policy that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for NFL and college football, top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Prize picks also offers weekly promotions like taco Tuesday, where each week you get discounts of 25% or more to provide even more value on some of your, play, your player projections. And remember, it's not just the NFL, it's the NBA, MLB, NHL, college sports, so much more. Download the Prize app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We're back here on Crossover Thursday. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Steelers. Locked On Titans. Chris Carter, Tyler Rowland, breaking things down for you. Tyler, let's get to how we see this game, you know, projecting out. Normally, I like to hold back on my predictions of, of the of the Steelers game until Friday, the episode before. But oh, it's Thursday night football. It's the yes, lights. it is prime time. So we gotta we gotta we gotta do these predictions. So I want to start off before we get to scoring predictions. What is the biggest factor that you think plays into this game? Picking either offense or defense for either side, a specific matchup. The biggest factor you see leading to the result tonight:
1: who can run the ball? Ooh. Who can run the ball? Because I think both of these quarterbacks need third and manageable. With Levis being a rookie, and again, some of the struggles that he had in his first week. I know that it. Yeah, the big na- the narrative is that he was absolutely incredible, and he was, but that doesn't mean he was perfect. So some of the things. That he is going to struggle with are going to be accentuated if the Titans can't run the ball. The Steelers are not a good run defense, statistically speaking. Right, they're bottom six in the NFL, mm-hmm. 137 yards per game. That sounds like a recipe for success for the Titans. But when you play a team like Derrick Henry, or like the Tennessee Titans
0: <laughs> running back,
1: like Derrick Henry, you guys know what I'm saying, all right?
0: I know. I know. What you're-
1: it it changes the mode. Bad run defenses can become good run defenses when they are laser focused, and I'm shutting down King Henry. You know that they're thinking that in that locker room, we're going to shut down the king. He ain't no king here, you know. And I don't blame them. That's the way that they should think. But when that happens, it can take a, a see. The Steelers may be a bad run defense, but they have good players, and if they get Cam Hayward back, they absolutely have the ability to have an outlier performance in their run defense and stand on their heads and stop Derrick Henry. If they do that and the Titans are in a bunch of third and longs, they can't do all the misdirection, backfield disguise type stuff that they like to do, get those play action shots and second and short and get second and manageable to run schemed up plays to get guys open. If they have to get in third and long consistently, that's going to let T.J. Watt tee off. That's going to let Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith tee off. They can't do that with the Titans' offensive tackle situation with Andre Dillard probably back in at left tackle and Nicholas Petit for at right tackle. Not a good tackle pairing, and they're just going to be naked. You know what I mean? If they mm. have to play that way. So if the Titans can run the ball, they're going to be able to hit those shot plays, and they're going to be able to operate on offense. If the Steelers run the ball, which it's not like the Steelers are you know, a running juggernaut at this time. Like you said, the they offense has been struggling. But if you can run the ball as the Steelers, and the Titans are a very good run defense. They've had some struggles against Indy uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, but of course it's because Lamar's running all the time. He's so good. Um, but if the Titans can can stop the Steelers from running the football and put Kenny Pickett, on the other hand, a, still a young quarterback, an experienced mm-hmm. quarterback, if they can put him in third and long consistently, Again, I don't think the Steelers' offensive line can hold off against the Titans' twists and stunts up front. So for me, it's about which team can run the ball efficiently on first down to set up second and short, third and manageable, which opens up the playbook and keeps a young quarterback comfortable. So for me, it's all about who runs the ball. That team will win the game.
0: I feel you on that. Uh, run, see, this is you and me old school football. Everyone talks yes. about, talk about the scheming up of Pete Mike.
1: Bukowski of Green Bay Packers, locked yeah. on Packers, always makes fun of me because I'm like old school football <laughs> dude, quarterback wins, stuff like that, you know. But I was raised by an old school football coach. What can I tell you?
0: I, I, I'm the same way. Running the football means so much in this game. The one thing I'll say about the Steelers run defense is that I, I think that their biggest struggle has been their lack of chemistry going into this season. They revamped their entire off ball linebacker group going into this season and right. they found talented guys. I think it's just taking them time to coalesce and figure out how to work together. They've also had a defensive front that's had to get right. had guys in and out. Cam Hayward's only played half a game so far. Marvin been, you know been out with a concussion. There's been guys kind of figuring out their rhythm. And I think that, over the past couple games, they've been starting to figure it out. They slowed down the Ravens a little bit. They slowed down the Rams a little bit. And despite their loss to the Jaguars, Travis Adn, who was going buck wild the weeks before that game, he they limited to 3.3 yards per carry and were able to keep the run game contained in that contest. And I think a big part of it was they're starting to understand the spots that they need to be in the run fits and how they work together to create what they're actually see, seeing and trying to bring up when they look at things on tape. So that'll be a big question, though. I think my biggest my biggest matchup here is less about a team versus a team, a unit versus a unit. It's more about just who's creating the turnovers, and it could lead to what you're talking about. If the if one team stuffs the run, they the other team has to try uh, more more aggressive plays that lead to more turnovers. But the Steelers, they've been about this. I I've been saying for a while. I've been waiting for Kenny Pickett, who is going to play in this game. He told us right to our faces mm-hmm. on on uh, Tuesday in the Steelers locker room. So that is that is not a question going into this game. But if uh, if I've been waiting, I've been saying for for a while, we're waiting for him to break out, to have the moment where it starts to click for a full game, not just for a fourth quarter, but right. even beyond that. If he can protect the football if the Steelers avoid fumbles you look at the you look at all their all their games so far you know their their losses have come when they've either turned the ball early or turned turn the ball over often and that's where I think the Titans if they're gonna see it, see victory in this game they have to find a way to turn the ball over and can he pick it and vice versa the Steelers live off of turnovers. They had three crucial turnovers that kept them in the game against the Jaguars. Um, mm-hmm. And when you look at how they, have how they, they score touchdowns this on
1: defense. I mean, exactly. I looked I looked at the stats for the Steelers to get ready for this. And I'm like, wait, how did they win these games? They yep. have 55 rushing yards and 200 passing yards. What mm-hmm. nine first downs. They won a game with nine for what's going on. And the answer is scoring points on defense.
0: Yep. And you just look at how they, how they played when they win football games, Tyler, they uh, there's only one time that they helped. Only had one turnover in their in their four wins so far, but they had four forced mm-hmm. turnovers against the Browns, three against mm-hmm. the Raiders, and three against the Ravens. And that's just yeah. that's who they are. And they had three again against the against the Jaguars. uh <laughs> the Jags and, just do good. <laughs> and, and that was just the thing. I think that part of it was the offense did not deliver, and then Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. got knocked out of the game, which put them at a disadvantage. But that's the my, that's why I go back to this game will be about who creates the turnovers, and when they happen. With all that being said, Tyler, give us your big turning point of the game when that happens and what that leads to your final score being.
1: Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll go quick uh, to keep us under 30 minutes here. I think it comes down to turnovers and who can run the ball. I think the Steelers' defense comes to play at home in prime time. The Titans' struggles continue at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense is able to get more turnovers than the Titans' defense. I have the Steelers winning the game 21-13. to 13.
0: I feel you on that 21-13. I have a similar score. I'm saying 20 to 14 Steelers. Mm -hmm. Similar thing here. Just, it's going to be a grind them out game. This is that, but those are the games that the Steelers want to win. They they they, right right now that is just their style. I think Will Levis, it's kind of a you know, he had a great coming out party last week. I think, yeah, the kind of the balancing week of that. But he, Mm -hmm. I think that with what I saw, I mean, I'm encouraged to see him take steps forward. He's Tyler Allen. I'm Chris Carter, locked on Steelers, locked on Titans. Enjoy the game Thursday on Thursday Night Football, y'all. We'll be back on Mm -hmm. your screens and in your ears on each of our respective podcasts on Friday breaking down the game and giving you all the insights here on the locked on podcast network thanks again for tuning in